They're worth about 100,000 each. There are 135 of them. That makes 13 millions, my friends. Dollars or pounds? Pounds, pet. This is the big one, so. Okay. Yeah. Otto? Yes? Okay. What? The plan. Yeah, great. No problem. What was the middle thing about the police? All right, folks, welcome to Matt Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite comedy movies, A Fish Called Wanda. It's a great comedy that was made back in 1998, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Kline, John Cleese, and Michael Palin from Monty Python... What? Fame. Fame. From Monty Python Fame. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I am your host, Steve Michaels, and joining me is my good and dear friend, Mark, asshole! Clover. (laughs) Thank you. Steve, apes do read philosophy. They just don't understand it. Now, let me correct you on a couple of things, okay? Aristotle was not Belgian. The central message of Buddhism is not every man for himself. And the London Underground is not a political movement. Those are all mistakes. I looked them up, Steve. Nice. Very well done. Love it. All right. And uh, also joining us for this uh, great and fantastic review is my other good and dear friend, uh, Jeff. Don't call me stupid. Muncie. (laughs) Your friend Mark has finally gone completely mental, Steve. (laughs) Nice. All right. And last, (laughs) certainly not least. Bring it. Is a hard and good. <laughs> Jesus, I can't do it. All right, last and certainly not least is our other good and dear friend. Here it comes. Coming to kill me, Rody. There's a lot of British actors in this movie. I've got something to say about that whole thing. I'm sure you do. I'm sorry, folks. If that if that whole thing comes out really bad. Um, all right. The uh, so anyway. So here we are. We're going to be talking about a fish called Wanda, and the uh, the plot of the movie is pretty basic. In uh, London, four very different people team up to commit armed robbery, then try to double cross each other for the loot, and that's pretty much the basis of this movie. I saw this movie back at, literally when it came out. It was still in the theaters. My cousin told me, he said, hey, let's go see this movie. It's called Fish Call Wanda. It's a great British movie. And he said it's got uh, a bunch of actors from the Mighty Python stuff, which I was like immediately, oh, good Lord. I, I will admit, I'm not a huge Monty Python fan. I, I wouldn't even, I know, I know, here we go. There's a few things that's like, it's one of those things right Here we go. I can watch. Clean. Round one. Ding. I can watch a Monty Python movie and about every, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes laugh at something. But most of it, it's not funny. I mean, it's British humor. You have to appreciate it. This movie, on the other hand, was not Monty Python. I remember going to see this movie with my cousin, uh, laugh my ass off, and I think I went and saw it like three more times when it was still in the theater because it was that funny. Like I said, stars... Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, Michael Palin, and John Cleese. Those are the main actors in this movie. The movie is hysterical because it is. Gosh, could you even make this movie today with the, uh, you know, with uh, Ken being the stuttering person and the way they made fun of him? That's what I was going to say. You couldn't do it. Oh my god! It's just so. It was. A lot of people gave the movie grief back then, but now it's like. Okay, let's let's find somebody with a disability. Maybe we find somebody with a, like missing a leg or mildly disabled, or maybe they got Alzheimer's. We just mock them. In this movie, they did it. I mean, they still did it. And I mean, I think this is one of the last movies you're going to see where they're just saying, "Ha ha, look at him. He's 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 got a bad stutter." Well, and I think they said in the uh, in the trivia, if I remember, we'll get to that uh, we'll get to that a little later in the movie. But I think Michael Palin actually set up a foundation for uh, 
uh, stutters because of this movie. His father was a stutterer. Oh, was mm-hmm. that it? His father was a stutterer? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my thing is, I didn't think, I don't want to get all PC on everybody, but I don't think that whole little thing added anything to the humor. I didn't think it was that funny. That's just me. They could have, they could have just as good of a movie without that, you know, stutter sidetrack thing going on. Because he's a plenty funny character just being and doing what he did. Actually, Noah Ken's got a point. He was actually more of a, um, I, I, I don't want to use the word simpleton, but that's kind of how he almost came off. It wasn't even the stutter so much was the fact that he just seemed a little on the, um, dull. Yeah, dim. Like a little bit on the dim, the, the dim minded side. So yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Ken. I mean, I, it wasn't like his stutter really had anything to do with it. It was just that was the, that was the most, obvious thing but it was cheap yeah my it, mind it was cheap yeah so yeah you could you could have done something else but then again it if they turn around and made him is not that bright that they'd have been complaining about that so you know but there were parts of that where the where the whole stutter thing did play a role in the movie in certain aspects so yeah i, I could see why they put it in there but they really did emphasize that aspect in there but uh again the whole thing was Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, hot. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean between this and True Lies, good hot. She was like maybe I think thirty. She's like early thirties when she made this. I have a whole psychoanalysis of this movie that I'll lay on you guys a little bit later on, and she plays a heavy part in it. All right, we'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I have to agree. She was a, a knockout in this movie. Good Lord Almighty. Well, and real quick, it's not just, I mean, there are a lot of bubblehead people that you can, you can pop a lot of starlets in, in roles like this. She's a good comedic actress. She carries yeah. her role. She, not only is she very attractive in this movie, but she's a good, good actor and very funny in, in the way she plays off of Kevin Klein, who walks away with an Academy Award from a comedy yep. for Best Supporting Actor, which is unusual. So, you know, not only is she very attractive, she is very good in the role as an from an actress perspective. Well, for those of you who are our age uh, and know Jamie Lee Curtis from her uh, later years, but back at this point, this was when she was just coming out of her career as the uh, Scream Queen as they refer to who has, as, you know, because that's all she did was horror movies. Uh, she was the, uh, the fem, uh, what the hell was it, the, uh, you know, the female victim in all the horror movies. I mean, uh, she was in a bunch of the Halloween, you know, a couple of the Halloween movies. Uh, she was in one movie, uh, I think, called Terror Train. And then yes. There's, that, and that's a cool movie. I mean, I re- that's one of those where I wish that would stream because that's, I just, I remember that even when I was in high school. I just thought that was an awesome movie. But, I mean, that was what she was known as. She was the uh, the scream queen, is what they called her. And uh, I remember seeing her, like I said, I went to the, to the movies and saw her in this movie, and I was still like, oh, my God, that woman is just absolutely stunning. Especially because, you know, you don't see too many women that tall. That's, I mean, she's got legs that go up to her chin. Good Lord. Anyway, moving on, as I perspire here. Uh we need a moist outlet. <laughs> we moist need a moist outlet. Boy, when we get to the uh, irrelevant female role in this movie, we will have to talk about that, gentlemen. Again, the story is pretty much they they rob this uh, jewelry store, steal a whole bunch of jewelry, and then the whole thing turns into a big double cross. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was uh, shacking up with the uh, the mastermind of the thing, but in reality. Uh, she was shacking up with Kevin Klein, who was supposed to be her brother. And it's just this whole intertwined, um, intricate web of, you know, who's going to screw over who to finally get the diamonds and get out of the country. And that's what this whole movie's about. And the funny part is, is that it's a bunch of freaking amateurs. I mean, none of these guys really know what the hell they're doing. And that's what makes it so much funny. I mean, they're 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 good at certain things, but they're pretty much amateurs. Michael Palin, who plays uh, uh, Ken, I'm sorry, I couldn't do that. He's t- he's one of those typical guys. He loves animals. He hates people. 
He doesn't want to see animals hurt. He has no compunction about going out and killing somebody, though. And I pretty much like me. Yeah, I love that in the movie. Love that. Uh, like uh, Mark said earlier, uh, Kevin Klein walked away with an Academy Award in this. He was brilliant, and yeah, I really kind of want to talk about him a little bit because I honestly can't tell you what I've seen him in in other stuff. I know I've seen him in movies, but nothing really stands out. And again, this is 1988. These guys are pretty young. Most of these guys were in their, uh, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was like in her early 30s. Kevin Klein might have been mid-30s, late-30s. Everybody else is probably, you know, 40s. But I honestly can't tell you what I ever saw Kevin Klein in. I know I've seen stuff. Did you see Big Chill? No. And I've, Great I've, movie. I know. I've never seen it, believe it or not. Um, you know, he'd come off of, well, what else? He'd done, um, uh, what was the Western? Silverado? Yes. Uh, he'd done that movie, but I don't know if that was before or after. Big Chill, Silverado. Yeah, Silverado's before Fish Called Wanda. So he had those two under his belt that, that had given him a lot of credibility within the, the establishment. <laughs> Oh, he also did Sophie's Choice. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, he did Grand Canyon, which actually was a very good movie, I thought. Didn't get a lot of play. You don't never see it anymore. It was big back then. Dave. Yeah. Where he played the president. But that was after this, right? Yes. That was after this, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the two movies that I think had given him a lot of visibility would have been The Big Chill and Silverado. Those were both prior to Fish Called Wanda. This is almost his breakout role. When he got the Academy Award for this, yeah, you're right, Jeff. Well, then, like you said, you had Cleese and Palin who brought the cachet of Monty Python and brought that slapstick to this movie. Because that's what this movie is. It's slapstick in my mind. It is slapstick, um, especially when you have uh, uh, Michael Palin, who I felt at times was channeling... Chief and the chief inspector from the uh, Pink Panther movies, Clouseau. who is well, not Clouseau, no, but uh, no. the, the the chief inspector who who's is always this, injured, Dreyfus. who's always who, who Dreyfus. usually yeah Dreyfus, who Clouseau keeps you know injuring and ends up you know trying to hunt him down and kill him. I got a sense that um, that Palin was trying to channel him as he is stalking this lady who's trying to finger. Uh, quote-unquote mastermind of this genius plot. What's his name? Tom, was it Gorgeson? Georgeson. Georgeson plays uh, Georges Thomason in the movie. Yep. I, I got to say, I, I felt was a very disjointed part of this movie was, was that side plot there of Michael Palin running around the town trying to off this lady in multiple ways of... Uh, and, and all he's doing the entire time, he's an animal lover, and all he's doing is one by one assassinating the the damn dog she has. <laughs> Multiple dogs. Three love, dogs. Love, dogs deserve to die. Yes, and I love the bit with the Doberman picture in the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make comedy like that much no. anymore. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah, you know, he's got the Dobermans in the back of the car. With he's got, he's trying to pull the muzzle off, and the next thing you know, they show the scene outside the van, and the van's rocking back. And finally, the door opens, and you see Michael Pale, and his face is just like streaming in blood, and it's just. And then he runs off. He thinks he's, you know, he thinks the Doberman is going to attack the old lady. And all the all the Doberman does is like grab one of the dogs like a tiger shark and runs off. And, you know, the old woman is just, you, you see her every time, like, one of that thing happens. One of the dogs gets killed. She, like, grabs, like, her heart medication. She's, like, swallowing it. Oh, my God. And it's just one of those things where you're just like, really? That's the slapstick of the movie. And it's just this constant, you know, she's got these three freaking dogs that you dogs. Yeah, they're, you, you would punt these things. I mean, they're just the, the small little terrier things. hate those dogs. And. You know, I see those dogs go to a bark park, and I'm like, you know, all you need is your kitchen floor to let these damn things run around in. <laughs> so, what the, hell, what the hell you need a bark park for these damn things so they can run five feet and get mauled by a pit bull or something? I hate those damn dogs. I know. I, I hear you. And then you got John Cleese, who plays the barrister, who is uh, brilliant in this movie. You know, he's married to a uh, a horrible woman. 
Horrible woman. God almighty, where did they get that chick? She was great. She was awesome. The one that played his wife. Wendy. Wendy. Oh, my goodness. Can you? She was your typical British nit. She was a yuppie Brit. His daughter movie was his daughter. Yeah. Portia. Yeah. His Portia. Daughter, Portia. <laughs> yeah. Portia. Uh, those of you that are interested in World War II history would be want to know that that's, she's played by Maria Penelope Catherine Aitken, who's the great niece of Lord Beaverbrook. Oh, yes. The wartime minister who assisted Churchill. Very she's very up, very upper crust. Well, she definitely showed it in that in that movie. Uh, got a few quotes from her in that one, so that or in this movie, so that will be fun. Well, and the thing about Otto, real quick, and Otto, he's just one of I think all of our favorite characters. Is Otto is so dumb he believes his own idiocy. Kevin Klein plays him so well as this dangerously dumb guy. Don't call me stupid. I'm not going to say he's stupid. Every time you see him in, a, in in any scene, you can understand why he got the why he got the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Other actors in this movie, we talked about a little bit Jamie Lee Curtis. Actually, we didn't really talk about her that much. Absolutely gorgeous. Has she ever actually changed her hairstyle from like 1981? Not much. You know what? I mean, I think she actually kept the same hairstyle from. Um, actually, it was in 81. When the hell was Halloween? I mean, she was, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's going back quite a few years. I, I remember that when, it, when I was. Yeah, I just pulled up a 2010 picture of her. She pretty much has the same haircut. Yeah. Because I remember she was, um, gosh, what that, oh, God almighty. You know when Halloween was made? That was 1978. Christ. Oh, hell. Really? Were you born yet? Yep. Oh yeah, but I remember that. What I said—that's a long time ago. I remember that. You know, I would have never thought seventy-eight. Yeah, seventy-eight. And you know what? I'm looking at a picture now. She has some long-ass hair in that. Yeah, she had long hair then. Moving on. So let's see. As we talked about Jamie Lee Curtis, and I forgot about some of the other movies where she got her role as the Scream Queen. Uh, She was in Halloween. Uh, She was. God, I have to actually go back and look at this. But she was actually in the episode of Buck Rogers in the 25th century. She played the unchained woman. God knows. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, she was in Halloween, The Fog, Prom Night. How in God's name did I forget her for Prom Night? She was in Prom Night? She was in Prom Night, yes. 1980. She was in Terror Train. She was in Halloween 2. Um, she was in Halloween 3. She actually played the uh, uh, curfew announcer and telephone operator uh, voice uncredited, by the way. So for, you know, that late 70s, early 80s, uh, she did a lot of those uh, classic uh, slasher flicks. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to say it. I know we've kind of talked about it before, um, different opinions here. I enjoy The Fog. Oh, I love The Fog. I love that movie. I think it's a, I think it's a fun movie. Um, I mean, it, it is in that same same genre of all the, the slasher movies. They make no sense. They're not plausible. Um, but of the slasher movies, it, it it makes it makes the most sense. Everybody. She does a very good job in this movie playing a sociopathic conniving <laughs> person just out for herself. I mean. Over the top, going down that path, you know, you don't know what she's going to come up with next. And you feel kind of sad in the end for her. At least I did. Because, you know. Well, she finds Archie. She finds love with Archie. I, I no, she doesn't. She's going to she's gonna throw him in a piranha river when he gets down there. <laughs> oh, you know no. that. <laughs> you, you know she's going to say, oh, honey, let's go to the Amazon. Now the one right. Amazon. He's she, been living with a piranha for the last twenty years. Let the man yeah, have some fun. This, wow. But he, but he's the guy that's going to fall for this young girl that is going to. Kid, I love that. She's going to throw him in a piranha-infested river, and that's exactly. I mean, she she kissed every man in this movie. Yes. 
all four of the main guys. It was all in her own self-interest. Which is, she, you know, I was I was disappointed in the end that, that it's like, oh, now I've found true love, so I'll go off with this old fart limey. That just didn't ring true. She should have still been out for herself. I would have liked the character better if they didn't have that lovey-dovey ending. Which just goes to show women. You can't yeah. trust them in a guy movie. <laughs> can't trust them. Can't kill them. Oh, my goodness gracious. That'd be like Jamie Lee, or Jamie Lee Curtis running off with me. Ain't going to happen. I can't, I, Ken, I, my, my disbelief only goes so far. Uh, Ken, do you speak Italian? Or, or Russian? <laughs> Russian, yeah. Well, well, all right. Gorbachev. <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> For those of you who have not seen this movie, Jamie Lee Curtis obviously gets turned on by foreign languages, Italian being one of them. Kevin Klein doesn't speak any Italian, really, but he just kind of makes it up. He just starts throwing out words like, you know, Benito Mussolini, <laughs> mozzarella. <laughs> Volare. Yeah, Volare. I mean, he just starts... He's just stringing all these words together, which we will talk about uh, actually coming up right now in the trivia. So we have to talk about trivia. I like the fact that John Cleese's character is called Archie Leach, which is actually Cary Grant's real name. Go figure. Uh, for those of you who didn't know. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and her role as the screen queen, but uh, the scene <laughs> where Otto sits up in the background behind Wanda Jamie Lee Curtis is reminiscent of the scene in Halloween in which the character of Michael Myers sat up behind Curtis's character. Moving on. Uh, like this part here, Michael Palin went on to found the London Center for Stammering Children after a group of stutterers confronted him regarding the sensitivity in which he dealt with Ken's handicap in the film. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Kevin Klein begged John Cleese to let Otto speak French instead of Italian when he wants to seduce Jamie Lee Curtis. He did that because Kevin Klein speaks French. Cleese insisted that it had to be Italian. Klein started singing Volere because he ran out of Italian cheeses and did other Italian phrases that he could ad lib and was concerned that the director did not yell cut because the producers did not own the rights to Volere when the scene was being filmed. So actually when there's, a, yeah, the scene when he's having sex with Jamie Lee Curtis, he's singing a Italian cheese commercial. There you go. Uh, Michael Palin's father stuttered. So Michael Palin used a lot of his real life experience when playing Ken, including the fact that Ken's stutter is less pronounced around people he trusts and worse around people he isn't comfortable with. Jamie Lee Curtis buried her face in the pillows during Kevin Klein's uh, sexual ejaculation scene to keep herself from burst out laughing when uh, he was making faces. Did you see how he crossed his eyes? <laughs> he's, he's crossing his eyes. You have to wonder how many times he had to take that scene. Her feet are doing this happy dance kind of thing. Such a terrible sex scene. <laughs> Mike. That's what makes it so funny. I know. It was funny. I'm just like, this is horrible. It is. You're, you you have to admit, it is like one of the it is like one of the oh. most horrible sex scenes you could ever see in a movie. It lends to the um, the slapstickiness of this movie. Is that even, yes. how do you say that? Is that slapstickiness? Slapstickiness. That slapstickiness. Okay, very good. You know, this movie, I think, was trying to do a, a, a few things, but... Um, that one scene there typifies exactly what this movie was trying to do. <laughs> it was trying to be corny. And I've never seen a cornier sex scene in a movie. <laughs> that was it. All right. When, um, when, he, when he inflates and deflates her <laughs> thigh-high boot. Oh, my God. What was up with smelling his armpit? I oh, never I got know. that. And he's beating himself with her boot and inflating and deflating it. That and then was in- sniffs his armpit. And, and you like, can tell that had to be made up completely. He the, did that. The he moment. sniffed his armpit several times in this movie. <laughs> I'm like, is I started sniffing mine going, am I missing something? <laughs> Does it make me more masculine? Get me high or something? You, you buy into Otto is just completely 
psychopathic. He was. He was nuts. He was nuttier than a shithouse rat in this movie, <laughs> and that is what they were trying to portray. Because that is the thing, folks. For those of you who have not seen this movie, Kevin Klein, you when you watch this movie, you will realize why the guy got an Academy Award for it. Because this is some of the best comedy you will ever see. All right. Uh, when Otto leaves Archie's home, he says to Archie's wife, Wendy, when they would all speak German without the USA, he leaves the house while singing the verse. He leaves the house while singing the first verse of the anthem, Deutschland über alles. The German dub version has an altered dialogue. He says that they'd all eat sauerkraut and listen to military marches. And then he imitates some military marches inst- instead of singing the anthem as the first verse is considered too nationalistic. And generally that's sung in public. So um, what the hell is the German national anthem now? Is it not that? I don't know. Isn't it that song by that guy that used to be on Baywatch? <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Yeah, didn't, isn't he singing the German national anthem now? It's, it's called Das Deutschlandied, whatever that means. Interesting. Sure that, that that is a derivation on Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber, all this, but... Uh. Oh, I'm sure it is. Moving on. Uh, soundtrack. Uh, typical ladies. Just nondescript. Not memorable. Not memorable. I mean, there were, there were parts of the soundtrack that were just hard to listen to. Uh, the music was terrible in this thing. Yep. It was very electronic. It was very synthesized music. It was typical of the... The time period. I mean, it was very iconic, and you could tell it was mid to late 80s. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ugh. Oh, it was terrible. It was some of the worst that you will ever hear, I think. Hated it. I didn't even know. It didn't really register. It did register, and it really registered at the very beginning of the movie with, and I've got to say, one of the worst opening credit scenes ever. Yep. I have never seen a more boring fish tank and the accompanying music was terrible. It made it even more painful. It really yeah. was. I mean, that yeah. was one of the... Yeah. A, a Jeff, absolutely. absolutely. And I sat there and watched it. <laughs> I said, I want to capture this so I can talk about it on the podcast. Because yeah. it was like, I don't know I don't know an intro that was any worse. Well, it did inspire a generation of Microsoft screensaver designers to come up with the fish tank screensaver well, that he's dominated my screen for many years and kept my niece entertained when she was two years old. He's got a point. Oh, my God. He's, he, you can't argue that. All right, so we're going to move on to um, Brother, What You Drinking? I actually have something different to talk about today. I see Mark shaking something up there, so we are going to go to my good and dear friend, uh, Mark Asshole! Slower. <laughs> I am drinking in honor of the three dogs who die miserable and justifiable deaths because they're annoying yippy dogs, Wolfhound Irish Whiskey. Nice. If you can find it, I recommend it. Steve, you would like it. It's a very nice, mild Irish whiskey that, again, holds true to what good Irish whiskeys do. It it's like angels peeing down your throat. It's wonderful stuff. Nice. Love it. All right. Moving on to my other good and dear friend, Jeff. Don't call me stupid Muncie. What do you got there, son? <laughs> what was that there in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> Again, another movie reference. You have to watch it. <laughs> I was rolling on the floor with that. I was like, <laughs> that one quote really just defines Kevin Klein's character. Oh, it was great. It was just glorious. But anyways, <clears throat> well, I have a, a fresh cup of uh, aquarium water here. And uh, I've got one of the sucker fish stuck inside my glass right now to make sure it gets all the... Is that the only place it's stuck? Microbes off of it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just sprinkle some fish food in here. Just a second. And there you have it. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, now that uh, we know that Jeff is uh, drinking swamp water, we're going to move on to our other good and dear friend. I can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> can. 
Roni, what are you drinking, sir? Uh, I'm still boring. The people that listen to this probably want to know, why is this guy always drinking vanilla vodka and Diet Coke? And all I can say is I like it. So do the fellow podcasters. That's right. right. You know what? Consistency. He's sticking with what he likes. I mean, that's there's right. not a problem with that. As long as he's, till the guy starts drinking Perrier or something like that, we'll start to worry about him. One of these days, I'm thinking, I'm going to break out the blender and start making some orange cream sickles and maybe a grasshopper or two, but that will be in the future. <laughs> I'm waiting for the winter, it's cold weather to hit. Hey, Ken, why don't you why don't you live on the edge and make a Manhattan? I could. You could, you could go for a Manhattan. You know what I've always wanted to do after you know, after a life of going to Chinese restaurants is I've always wanted to have a Navy Grog or a Dr. Wong's Tonic. I've lost total control, Joe. <laughs> I have to rein this in. How about clips? Clips. Doctor, I tell you what I'm. I have to. You know what? I don't even want to tell you what I'm drinking at this point because it doesn't measure up to anything that Ken has had. What are you? No, but what are you drinking? You got to tell us. Oh, good lord! Oh, oh god, damn, I'm gonna die. All right, I am drinking. Um, uh, I talked about this uh, offline to you guys uh, a little earlier. The week was uh, Jesus was this. Uh, it, it's this new bourbon. It's, it's called uh, Indiana Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Is W H Harrison. It is made out of Brazil, Indiana, and as you can see, I like it. It's really good. It's pretty mild. I have to say, this is a damn good sipping whiskey. Um, I am drinking it right now out of my. Uh, Saki uh, cup that I got. <laughs> Banzai. Yeah, exactly. I'm drinking out of my sake cup that I got in Epcot Center last year, uh, right before I got violently ill. So, God, that's what's going to happen to me tomorrow. But that's okay. Uh, uh, I highly recommend this bourbon. It is very, well, I shouldn't even say bourbon. I'll just I'll call Harrison. it. It's called W.H. Harrison. It is made in Brazil, Indiana. It's. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's really good. As a matter of fact, uh, my uh, other good and dear friend, Luke, at 21st Amendment in uh, Westfield, Indiana, um, if you ever go there, tell him I sent you and say, I need a free sample because Steve sent me. Gave me a sample of the W.H. Uh, Harrison Special Reserve Barrel. And uh, just so you know, Mark, after I had a drink of that, um, I started bleeding from my ears. I think I, I was reading something about it. I, I don't think it's brewed in Brazil. Um, I think it's brewed down where Seagram's is brewed. Brazil is, is um, or yeah, Aurora. Yeah, I think it's down there, and they may bottle it, move the casks up to Brazil. Because I've been through Brazil, I'm not aware of any distilleries. No, I don't think I was reading yeah, something I about that. All right, I will have to do some research on that, and I will fill you I, gentlemen on that later. I pulled up I pulled up a Bourbon Review magazine, and they gave it. It's not bourbon. <clears throat> That's a Kentucky thing, but they they gave it a good review. They said it's a good it's a good bourbon. How much was it, may I ask? Uh, the one that I got was uh, uh, twenty seven ninety nine. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's solid. It's it's good. Solid. I like it's it. not. It's from what I gathered. It's not Woodford. No, it's not. It's not Woodford. Is it better than Four Roses? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would say if you if you gave me a bottle of this and Four Roses, I would pick this. That, I, yeah. That's in my wheelhouse. I agree yeah, with I you mean, on that. That's, that's my taste. That's my taste value. I mean, I just compared to Four Roses. Yeah, this one. Four Roses is good. It's got a little bit more of a bite to it. This is this is really a good sipping whiskey. It's really good. I really, I, it's very good. Uh, all right. So now that we um, we all figured out what the alcoholics are drinking for tonight, we are going to move on to our favorite part of the show, and that's called clips. Uh, Kevin Klein's signature uh, quote in the movie. Kevin Klein obviously drives the way he does, like in New York, and he cuts people off and hits them, and when they do, he just yells, asshole. 
Steve, they're driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, there's that too. Well, there's that too. All right. Oh God, here. Well, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Um, okay, here we go. This is this is typical Otto here. Most of these quotes are going to be from Otto because he's got all the good quotes. Shut up and think. Where's he moved it? What are you doing? I'm thinking. <laughs> As he shoots the safe that's empty. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, we've got. Um, oh gosh, here we go. Are you really Italian? Absolutamente. See, si. my name is Otto. It means eight. Say arrivederci a Giorgio. Goodbye, George. <laughs> it means eight. My name. I love that. My name is Otto. It means eight. Eight. Oh my gosh, he was brilliant in this movie. Uh, let's see. Um, like I said, they're all they're all his. So here we go. Look, you obviously don't know anything about intelligence work, lady. It's an XK Red Twenty Seven technique. My father was in the Secret Service, Mr. Manfred Jinsingen, and I know perfectly well that you don't keep the general public informed when you are debriefing KGB defectors in a safe house. Oh, you don't, huh? Not unless you're congenitally insane or irretrievably stupid, no. Mr. Manfred Jinsingen. <laughs> well, you know what, and I, I couldn't remember what the hell that... I, I, I have to start doing a better job of uh, lining these, but uh, where in the hell... Oh. The reason she called him that was because this is what he called himself. How do you do, Mrs. Leach? I'm uh, Harvey Manfred Jensen. I'm uh, with the CIA. <laughs> you know, how he just makes up the name. Mark, you're going to love this part. All right. Don't call me stupid. Oh, right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! I've known sheep that could outwit you. I've worn dresses with higher IQs, but you think you're an intellectual, don't you, ape? <laughs> I know sheep. <laughs> oh, it's just brilliant stuff. All right. Um, this is the part where he was uh, trying to uh, awake, uh, wake up Ken's fish. Hello, Ken's Pippa the Pets. Hey! Wake up! Wake up, slimy fish! I'm going to go to hell for some of this. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just It's just so politically incorrect, but you know what? That's all right. Oh, I like this part when um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis goes to meet with Archie and Otto dries him up and he gives her the warning. I'm not. I don't believe in jealousy. It's for the weak. One thing, though. Touch his dick and he's dead. <laughs> wow. Words to live by. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Do you have the apology from John Cleese? Oh, my gosh. I don't have that, but I – there was a – well, that's the thing. I had to actually decide what the hell am I going to use for – oh, I like this one. Here you go. This is the one when he tried to make the moves on uh, Michael Palin to kind of throw off the whole fact that he wasn't Jamie Lee Curse's, uh brother. Here you go. I love watching your ass when you walk. Is that beautiful or what? Don't go near him! He's mine! A pound says you won't kill her! <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to hell. I think Jeff's just sitting there going, I, At times I'm watching this movie, and I'm just like, <laughs> this is a train wreck, and I can't look away. <laughs> All right, Jeff, here you go. This is the classic American line to Europe. Oh, you English are so superior, aren't you? Well, would you like to know where you'd be without us, the old U.S. of A., to protect you? I'll tell you. The smallest f***ing province in the Russian Empire. That's what. <laughs> so don't call me stupid, lady. Just thank me. <laughs> Doesn't he say something at one point? He's like, you can thank me for not speaking German. Oh, no, that, no, I cut that whole part out. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, that soliloquy goes on for about another 20 seconds. So, all right. Uh, oh, all right, last, last but not least, and Mark will appreciate this one here. Now, let me correct you on a couple things, okay? Aristotle was not Belgian. <laughs> the central message of Buddhism is not every man for himself. You and the London Underground is not a political movement. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, it, that that is comedy freaking <clears throat> genius there. Oh, my gosh, it's wonderful. Love it. Love it. I, I see Jeff is still sitting there just like with a look of shock on his face. I... As if we have offended Mother Teresa herself. <laughs> wow. This, this movie was kind of... I just wasn't prepared. I guess I forgot what the 1980s were like because I you know, was like. But you know what? It's so refreshing. It's just such slapstick. It's over the top. It doesn't make any bones about it. It's just it's just going to be goofy, and it it just throws everything up on the screen, and most of it works because it, of that. It does throw a lot up on the screen. I mean, you know, you're thinking, oh, hey, throwing spaghetti. Tomatoes, chairs. I mean, I was just like, is this going to work? And, and, and Mark, in a way, it all does sort of work. Um, It's it's like a series of vignettes that somebody has decided to string together. And it works. I mean, it's very Python esque in that sense of a bunch of vignettes. I mean, hell, if you watch Cleese, you even see a bit of the Ministry of Silly Walks in this episode, in this movie. (laughs) Yes. They did a lot of vignettes in this movie, and that's what made it funny. It, the only time it doesn't work for me, in general, it does work because it is just it is a series of these that are all tied together, and they and they, I see the progression in the story, and 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 it works for me. I I don't understand it, and I know it's just probably strictly there just for humor. Is is Palin's role trying to assassinate the old lady? <laughs> I mean, I I get the humor in the scenes. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, if you took those out, I mean, it, the the story still flows. And again, I I see Inspector Dreyfus, you know, up there, you know, looking down upon Clouseau, and um, you know, and trying to do him in. But aside from those, you know, the whole uh, Kevin Klein, every time he turns around, he's trying a new avenue from which to keep his cover from being blown. And you just are so surprised, especially with the one soundtrack he just played, which, uh, or the one clip he just played, which has you know him screaming down the sidewalk. You know, I love watching you walk away, and you know, and that's my ass. (laughs) What? Don't touch it. It's mine. Don't don't touch it. It's mine. I know. It's. I mean. I mean. To me, it's just. It's just ridiculous comedy. Yeah, and that's what it's played for. It, it reminds me in some respects of, remember the old Carol Burnett show? Yes, yes, yes. With Tim Conway, Harvey Corman. It's just played for the gag. And it's a, it's a series of gags tied around a, a heist. Mark, seriously, that is an excellent, excellent analogy because, I don't know, Jeff, do you remember the, the Carol Burnett show's? Oh, I do. I and I yeah. and I enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, Carol Burnett is a funny, funny, funny lady. Yeah, and that is for those of you who who may be younger and don't know those shows. That's a lot of what you'll see in this movie is the kind of humor, um, you know, that was portrayed. You know, and what was funny because you could actually see, especially with Jamie Lee Curtis, especially scenes with Otto when he was trying to seduce her with the language, you could actually see her like turning her face away or covering her face because she was laughing so hard. You know, they didn't want to do like the, you know, the, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman scene where he just, you know, literally started laughing because. You know, on set because all those shows were shown live. You know, and you could just see him fighting. He'd be shaking. His whole body would be yeah. quivering. Yeah, I mean, you could just see where the you know it was like those Saturday Night Live, or Saturday Night Live shows. Uh, some of them where you just see the skit falling apart because people just start laughing during because it's all filmed live, and it's great stuff. So there we are. We are done with uh, clips. I think we have to move on to the uh, Man Cave Movie Review Checklist. Number one, did anyone jump through a glass window in this movie? Mm. This is a movie that should have had people jumping through glass windows. I don't recall anyone, do you? No. Nobody dove through a glass window, but George banged his knee into glass when they were escaping 
which ended up getting him hauled into jail because he had glass on him. So not quite there, but, you know, we're just going to say no. No one jumped through the plate glass window. Uh, number two, was there an irrelevant female role in the movie? Um, I could have done without the daughter, but yes. she's a minor issue. Um, I could almost do without Wendy. The no. wife. I mean, I know she. I know why she's there, but she wasn't irrelevant. But she wasn't relevant. It's the she. She's there for the whole Three Stooges routine that they right. do there in the house. Yeah, and that was necessary. <clears throat> no, no. Yeah, gentlemen, back up. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why Wendy was relevant. Wendy is exactly why Archie was ready to leave on a dime. Well, true. I mean, of a woman it, she was. We, we made her was just as bad. Yeah, I mean, we made her the reason it's okay for him to go on with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. I mean, yeah. Of so, course, we could do without. What? Which is, you know, it's the same premise as you have with a lot of these movies, where you know the hero has to get the girl because the guy she's with is a total douchebag. I mean, that's it, it's the same premise. It allows you know, it allows us to go. Okay, well, this is fine. Yeah, yeah, because they, yeah, she needed to get away from him because he was mean to her. Mm-hmm. There well, you go. See, that was it. All right, number three. Since they're not irrelevant, I'm going to modify this one here. Could the female role be better played by Tony Katane? No, I don't think so because. No, Tony Katane's hair could not have been wound like that. No, not at all. Not at all. That's the right era. She had too much hair. She just had way too much hair. Tony Katane did. Yep. Tony Katane doesn't have the comedy chops. No. That Jamie Lee Curtis has. She can be in a comedy movie, but she doesn't have that skill. You know what? No. We have to get her on this show at some point. Tony. You just want to be Tony Katane. Mark does. I mean, Mark does. Uh, probably has special dispensation yeah. for her. Back in, I, no, know, no. Back during the Bachelor oh, movie, yeah. Bachelor Party movie, that might be different. You know what? If we, if I, if I can get her on the show, we're going to do Bachelor Party. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, number four. Did the movie know what it wanted to do? <sighs> Most. I'm going to say no. Okay. I, think, I will. I, I, I'm going to say that. They just said, we're throwing stuff against the wall. We think it's funny. We'll see if people laugh. And I really think somewhere, I really think somewhere when they were writing the script, there was a guy that was like, hey, isn't that scene just a little over the top? And they like drowned him in a fish tank and just kept going. But I think that's why they knew, I do, but that's where I disagree. I think they knew what they wanted to do, and that's exactly what they wanted to do, Ken. Yeah, but I don't know if they really knew it when they did it. Oh, I think they did. I think you yeah, had you, two. Yep. You you have two pythons in this movie. Okay. So th- that's just my you know that's just my. You're take. probably right. I will grant you that. You are that probably right. The pythons correct. are going to play over the top, and that they're just going to go for it. Um, and yeah. what sticks sticks. What doesn't? Oh well, we'll just leave it in there and keep going. I mean, if you watch yeah. Monty Python, that's how Monty Python rolls. Sure. I, I see what you're saying, Mark, and maybe you're right. Maybe it knew it, what it wanted to do, but I just felt at times it was disjointed from. It was forced. Yeah, and and, and you know it, you know, seventy five, eighty percent of the movie worked just fine. Um, but yeah, I see your point. Maybe it knew what it wanted to do, knew the direction it wanted to go, but how to get there again? It was kind of, kind of. Um, I'm going to use a pun here. It was stuttery, but. Um, well, and I think that's one of the strengths and weaknesses at the same time of a lot of British humor. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, a lot of British humor is that way. British it humor goes, films. It goes have, all in. It's a Hail Mary pass. By and large, British humor films, even on, or even uh, shows on PBS, um, have never gone over well here in America. We, we as, a, as a people, do not get that sense of humor. Um, but those of us with a higher intelligent uh, quotient um, do understand that and and can appreciate it at times. Uh, but like Steve, you know, some of the Python stuff I'm not a huge fan of. But you know, Life of Brian will sign me up for it. But um, oh no, you can't tell me Ministry of Silly Walks is not funny. 
I'm, I'm just saying, you know, okay. as a whole, there there are there are, there are vignettes of it. There are pieces. There are scenes that yes, very good. But you know, as as a whole, a lot of times you you know you gotta get through some some schlock to get to the good stuff. So, oh yeah. But anyway, that just doesn't work. It doesn't doesn't play well here in America at times with a lot of people. I, what was that? What was that one thing on PBS? That one show we had these two British ladies sitting around talking and smoking cigarettes and sipping oh. their tea and oh and Ab Fab. Yes. Yes. Never. Yeah, that was one. Nope. Well, I've actually met women like the blonde woman in that movie. I mean, a good character study. (laughs) Ken, you're an enigma. Wrapped wrapped in a a riddle. Riddle surrounded by a mystery. Conundrum. (laughs) All right. How did Steve rate the women in this movie? Um, Oh, that's pretty easy. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, hot. Thank you. There's nothing else to say. She is absolutely stunning, gorgeous, and any she could have wore a sackcloth and been hot in this movie. I'll say no more. A thing that made me that warmed the cockles of my heart watching Jamie Lee Curtis and her close-up shots. And this may, again, please don't take this negatively, but she has a nice set of late 1980s teeth in this movie. She doesn't have the 2010s glaring white bleach teeth look going. I mean, it's again, I'm not saying she has dingy like uh, Austin Powers teeth by a long shot, but that's something for some reason that jumped out at me. It's like, oh, those teeth look so like this normal person's teeth. They're not that you know what I'm saying? So many actresses now, and actors too, their teeth are so dang white. It's yeah, it bugs me. It's surreal. It's not natural. But she was hot and gorgeous. So I'll shut up. I never noticed her teeth. <laughs> I didn't either. All right. Uh, last but not least, was there a B5 reference? No. Nope. Nope. All right, gentlemen. We have to do our Man Cave movie review rating on this movie, and I have to kick it over to our good and dear friend, uh, Mr. Mark. What do you say, sir? Um, I enjoy this movie. It's slapstick. It, it tries a lot of things. Most of it works pretty well. You have some fun actors. If you enjoy the Pythons, you've got two of the Pythons in this movie. Kevin Klein steals every scene he's in. Jamie Lee Curtis certainly is uh, pleasant to look at. I give it a seven and three quarters. Fun movie. Doesn't always hit with its humor, but by and large, it works. I agree. Jeff, what do you think, sir? I was underwhelmed by this movie for most of it. Um, Kevin Klein. I have to. I, I understand why I got an Academy Award. It was uh, apparently it was a very weak year at the academy, and um, wow! But he, um, you know, he he has the funniest lines, and um, they're the ones that stick with you. Um, he has one of the best roles in here. The you know Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I I loved watching her on screen. I'm not sure what her lines were, or what she said, but um, I, I I did enjoy seeing her on the screen, and 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 her. Her seduction of um, what's his name, John Cleese's character, Archie. Um, Archie. It was adorable and it was cute, and I fell in love with her during those scenes. I haven't really ever been a big Jamie Lee Curtis fan. I think until I saw this movie. As I mentioned earlier, it it at times is just very disjointed, just kind of a hodgepodge of things that were like, yeah, this kind of makes sense. Let's do this, but it really doesn't progress the story much. I don't necessarily care for. I think John Cleese has a decent role in the movie, but um, I, I I could have done without a lot of things from him. I think definitely his his daughter for one, and um, you know the soundtrack is forgettable, painful at times. And um, but that said, Kevin Klein is is worth watching this movie for. Um, you can always use him for some quotable stuff later on in life. Um, during the right situations, and and because of that, I'm going to give this a a, a, a seven and three fourths man cave drawings. 
Okay, got it. Mr. Ken, what do you say, sir? What do you say? Well, for for all the reasons previously stated, I give it a 7.1. All right. Well, I am going to – I'm going to jump above and beyond the Call of Duty here because – this is one of my favorite comedies. I love this movie. I loved all the actors. I thought it was hysterical. I will respectfully disagree with uh, my compatriots and say that I didn't see the disconnect. I thought the humor was hysterical in this thing. I thought all the actors really meshed well with each other. So I have to give this movie, I'm going to give this movie like an eight and a half. I'm, I'm going way in above. Whoa! Yeah. Wow! Slow down! Yeah, I'm 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 batting this one out of the park, folks. Because again, for me, I'm not a big comedy person. You know, man cave movies. We're not going to do that many comedies. But when we do, you know, I threw this one out there mainly because it was streaming on Netflix, so everybody could see it. It's again one of my favorites, and I think part of the reason that I'm giving it such a high review. Is because I remember again, like I said, I went and saw this with my cousin back in 1988, and I went in there with the lowest expectations possible. Even the fact that my cousin bought me the ticket, I'm like, the first two hours of my life, I'm never getting back. And I remember having the best time of my life. It was just a very fun movie. Really enjoyed it. And I'll say no more. And that's it. So let it be written. So let it be done. (laughs) <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that's it for Man Cave Movie Review. Uh, we, we talked about A Fish Called Wanda. Stay tuned for us next week. We're going to be talking about another movie that we're not going to tell you about because we haven't figured it out yet. Actually, I know what the movie is. I just haven't told those guys yet what we're going to do. So, <laughs> anyway. Nine to five. You know what? The day we ever do that movie, you have my permission to come and kill me because you know what? I've been, I've, I've been either – there's a pod in the house. That's what I was it's a body snatcher. I thought it was secret of my success. War games. Wall Street. Now Wall Street. Taps. Taps. See, I've lost com- control of my own. Pocket. Top Gun. Top. Oh, dear Lord, <laughs> I will walk away from this <laughs> and never look back. So that's it for Man Cave Movie Review. Well, we uh, talked about The Fish Called Wanda. Stay tuned for us next week. And we're going to be talking about a movie that we haven't figured out yet. So this is it. I am your host, Steve Michael, signing off with my good and dear friend, uh, Mark Asshole Slover. I looked at the clock because I was saying to myself, it's 1.15 in the the morning. Where Where could he be going with that sawed-off shotgun? (laughs) Awesome. Very good. Love it. And uh, also joining us is my good and dear friend, Jeff. Don't call me stupid. Muncie. Asshole! <laughs> All right. And also saying farewell, adieu, and avidas in is our other good and dear friend, Ken, is... Rony. I, I suspect within the next week I'm going to have some fish and chips. <laughs> Don't try the green ones, though. Are you going to st- are you going to shove the you going to shove the chips up your nose? No, but I want them to be the real English chips, the nice thick cut chips. Well, that'll hurt. All right, so that's it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. This is uh, us at the Mankey Movie Review signing off. Ciao. So I'm your host, Steve Michaels, and signing off is my good and dear friend, Mark, asshole, slower. You're a very attractive man, Ken. You're God smart. damn it. How did you do it again? You son of a bitch. How in two goddamn times in one night can you take the thing I'm going to say? How does Sorry. this happen? You're not that clairvoyant, slower. Great minds think alike. I'm a P10. Christmas. <laughs> All right, fine that you just stepped no, on my take, motherfucking line. Take the damn thing. I'm, I'm no, 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 no. Uh-uh, no. I've, I've got no. a new one.
no, 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 no. I got it. Never mind. It's right here. No, no, no. Try no. to do a nice, friendly podcast here. I'm going to shatter all of our friendships tonight over this show. Don't over a fish called Wanda. It. it all ends tonight. There here. I'm ready. Steve, hit me. Go. I'm ready.